Is the mic on? What is going on? What What's wrong with modern Q-tips? Why aren't more people discussing this? I've got a box of brand new Q-tips. I don't know what my international listeners call them. Cotton swabs. The things you stick in your ear. After you shower, you have like an accumulation of water. So you have to like get it out. Well, here we use Q-tips. The quality, I've been discussing this for years. You can watch, I have old videos discussing the deterioration, if that's even a word, of the Q-tips. And it's getting worse. I go, it can't get worse. It's getting worse. The The stick in the middle used to be wood. Now it's, it's look at this. It, you put it in your ear. Look at this. Pretend this is my ear. It collapses. What's wrong with Q-tips? What What's going on at the Q-tip plant? Are they doing this to save money? Because I'll be honest with you, instead of giving me 625 Q-tips, give me 300 that are really good, that don't break off in my ear, that don't... When it collapses, there's... I, I'm a little afraid. I'm like, did it go inside? What's, look at this. They're all crap. Just crap. And don't, I don't want to hear them blame supply chain issues. They have to know what's going on. This this should not be accepted. This should be just outrage. People should be furious. People should be marching in the streets. They should be protesting the Q-tip factory going, enough. We want some of the pre, pre-crappy Q-tip. In fact, when I was just home, my parents have some old stock Q-tips and it took everything, everything, all my power not to, I didn't want to steal them from my parents, but I would, I would replace it with a newer box. One of the, the, the newest boxes say celebrating a hundred years. Well, I'm not celebrating a hundred years Q-tips because your new Q-tips suck. I'll celebrate the first 70 years, but they've really gone down. I look at, I stole, I didn't steal, I took from my parents' place. I've got three left of their old stock. They had they had two boxes, and I could have bought one of these boxes and replaced it, but I'm a good son. I'm an, oh no, don't, don't. Look at this. Look how, this, I'm doing the same thing. In fact, watch this. Let's see if I put them side by side, okay? Side, okay, this isn't working. I should have tried that. Look at, but look at, look at the new one. Look at it. It's shit. What's wrong with Orny Adams episode 84? I am live. Well, I'm not live. Well, I'm live right now. Certainly alive. I'm alive. And I'm live in my studio, Big Yellow, which is a Shasta, a Shasta trailer, which has been converted. Bringing it down. Bringing it down into a podcast studio. I'm here in lovely Los Angeles, California. Where the weather is finally nice. It's finally nice. It just, it's sun. And I'm out here working for you guys. I want to thank everybody that listens to this podcast, that shares this podcast, that uh, rates this podcast. I want to thank my Patreon listeners, patreon.com slash 20. And you can always keep in touch with me. You can send me emails. You can tell me, do you? how do you feel? I better put the three Q-tips aside that I took from my parents. These are precious. I'm saving these for like a special occasion. If I ever get married, I'm going to use one of the vintage Q-tips. And don't think I didn't go on eBay to th- see if I could buy old Q-tips. I'm not kidding. If anybody has old boxes of Q-tips, 
send them to me. I'll give you my address. I want them. I want them. I'm not even kidding. I, I, I'm actually sick of buying. Now, if you want to buy Q-tips in Los Angeles, you can't just walk into a store and, and, and grab a box of Q-tips. You have to ask a cl- somebody who works at the store to come unlock the Q-tips. All the Q-tips, the toothpaste, the uh, deodorants, the uh, fabric softener, the detergents, everything is locked up because people are just stealing it. Everybody's just stealing whatever they want in this wonderful, wonderful city and wonderful, wonderful world. I don't know if this is going on in other countries, but it's it's bad. It's bad. So, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. But so I order a lot of stuff online. Unfortunately, most of the time the stuff arrives and it's it's not what you would have bought if you were in the store. Like if you saw it, you say, I, w- I wouldn't have bought this. And I have this shampoo that I like and I buy it on Amazon. And I, I've noticed lately that it's it's not lathering the same. The smell's a little different. And so I did some investigations. I thought maybe this is counterfeit. And it really sucks. We live in a world where we have to question everything. And by the way, I bought non-Q-tip brand Q-tips because I thought I'd support like a new independent person, uh, company, and they suck too. They didn't have enough cotton on the end. There used to be a lot more cotton on the Q-tips and, and the stick was stickier. So, but it, I, so I investigated, is the shampoo I'm buying off of Amazon fake? How do you detect a fake? And you can actually, what I think it is, is I think they're selling the people I bought it from, dead stock, which is old, outdated stock. They must buy it from the shampoo companies that can't sell it anymore. And then these people sell it to idiots like me. So there's an actual site where you can look up the batch number. There's a batch number on all these products and it's printed on there or it's like stamped. And you can put in that number with the brand of the shampoo and it will tell you when it was manufactured. And the stuff I bought that I just bought and just returned, I spent half my time returning stuff I buy online that's really all I do is buy stuff online, return stuff online, and rebuy stuff online. Was manufactured in 2019, so it was it's old shampoo. It just this world sucks. You have to be on your guard at all times. I have a new theory when it comes to buying stuff online because I've noticed it started. I noticed it with hoses. I needed to buy a hose for my house, and there were a ton of hoses that all looked the same but they had different names and different manufacturers and in different prices. So somebody like me will look at a hose and go, okay, this hose is $49.99. This hose is $29.99. They look the same. They're the same length. They've got the same number of reviews. I assume the one that's $49.99 is a better quality. I suspect now, I should call this theory the hose theory, but in fact, I've named it the hanger theory because I discovered this with hangers too. I suspect they're all the same. The $49.99 hose and the $29.99 hose are all the same. They're just the same. They're made by the same manufacturer and the seller is the same, but they create different company names and different branding. So people like me that think, well, if the hose or the hanger is more expensive, then it must be better quality. Then we buy that one. And the people that 
think there's no difference. I'm going to pay $29.99. They buy that one. So they capture both both sets of buyers. I saw this with hangers. I bought a bunch of hangers. They're all the same. They all suck equally. They all break the same way. Some are more expensive than others. That's the hanger theory. But it just sucks. Like, this is why I can see how people get into hoarding. Because if I knew what was going on with the Q-tips, same thing with index cards. Index cards used to have some substance and weight to them. Now they, they're, they're, they're like paper. They're just eight by 10 pieces of paper, or five by seven or four by six, whatever size index card you use. They're just pieces of paper cut out. I make my own index cards. I buy the card stock, the heavy stuff, and I bring it to a place and I have it cut to the size that I want and the colors that I want. But it just blows that we live in a world now That's why I have a headache. I have fatigue from all the decisions I have to make. I have decision fatigue. Every single thing is not easy to decide because they are overwhelming us with options. Too many options, right? I talk about the French fries on stage, how many different shapes of French fries. I talk about the different kinds of eggs, everything. Everything has its own aisle now. Nothing. Everything is a scam to overwhelm us and confuse us. And it's breaking me. And I wish I could just go, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to buy any hanger. I want to buy any hose. But I can't because I want to get fair value and get what I pay for. And I want to be a smart consumer. I don't mind paying more for something if it's better quality. (sighs) It's just me alone here. It's me ranting in Big Yellow, my studio here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Episodes 82 and 83, I had my good friend Jim Clemente, former FBI profiler and uh, one of the producers on Criminal Minds and writer and overall just great guy. And we did two episodes together and people seem to really enjoy when Jim and I are together, the banter we have. And I, I hope to do more with him. Smart guy interesting guy. And I hope you listen to those episodes, uh, 82 and 83. What's wrong with Orny Adams? You can listen to the audio now. You know, audio's free. And uh, if you want the most current videos and you want to see those last two videos, got to uh, sign up to Patreon, patreon.com slash Orny. And thanks everyone who's signing up. Really appreciate it. Um, but Jim is a, Jim's a great guest, just a fascinating guy. And then he comes to my shows. I like, he's, he came to my shows. I was at the, uh, ice house in Pasadena two weeks ago and I was at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach and Jim comes. I, 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 he's like my security. I've got my own little FBI, former FBI guy doing security for me. Makes me feel comfortable. I like that. I'm no tough guy. I'm no tough guy. I want to thank everyone that came to those shows. I have another show set up at the Ice House uh, next month, July, maybe July 22nd. It's a Saturday night, 8 p.m. Tickets are on sale. Get them now. Last time it sold out and people are like, you know, on social media, can we get two tickets? Buy the tickets now. And I'm going to post a video this week because apparently my fans don't like to sit up front. I watch the seat map and I watch how the tickets go. And the middle section goes first. Then the back of the room sells. And the last tickets to sell are the people of the front rows. I don't know why. Now, I understand, like last night I posted a video, or I just posted a video this morning from last night at the Laugh Factory where a woman got up in the middle of my show and I yelled, sit down! 
and, and, you know, it's a funny moment. But for the most part, I on purpose don't talk to the people in the front. I reward them. I go to the middle section. The losers, the weak people that are buying the tickets first. The people that don't want to sit up front, which just blows my mind because, you know, most performances like concerts and rock stars and all that sort of stuff, people want to be as close as possible. But I'm so disgusting to my fans. They don't want to sit next to me or near me or close to me. It's such a horrible thing to be close to me. I don't even charge. You go to a concert you or a place, you pay more to sit up front. Not my show. It's the same. All, all tickets are the same. Well, it's a real bummer. I'd like to thank all the people that came to that show that really bummed me out. <laughs> but I'm going to post some videos from the uh, Ice House and Comedy Magic Club this week. Uh, I don't know how I feel about doing shows anymore. I mean, these local venues that I'm working at, I, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I put a lot into it. I put a lot into it. I was home. I want to talk about my trip now. I was in North Carolina. I did a private show for a nice group of people in Charlotte. I, I got in the night before and all the streets were closed around my hotel. I was staying downtown. And it turned out it was the Taste of Charlotte weekend. So they shut down the main street and all the restaurants were out there serving their food. You had to pay. You bought bought tokens. Uh, eight tokens for $15. And then you'd buy like, uh, like the real small, small samples of their food for like three tokens or four tokens. Complete ripoff. And it was... It was elbow, elbow to elbow. Is that the expression? Elbow to elbow. It was knee to knee, ankle to ankle, ear to ear. Packed, packed lines. People lined up for little ribs, little, uh, there's Indian food I had that was great, samosas. And I'm looking around. And I'm thinking, when, when does the shooting begin? Now, isn't that sad? that I'm afraid when I'm in a big place like that, that a mass shooting is going to happen. Like this world, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with Orny Adams? It's just, you leave the house, everybody's cranky, everybody's self-involved, everybody's looking at a phone or creating for a phone. Nobody's in the moment. Nobody wants to meet people. Nobody wants to engage. You have to worry about your safety. The entire world needs a reset. We all need a nap. I'm calling for a nap, a worldwide nap and reset. And it's getting worse. And nobody's talking about it. I don't know why. I don't know why nobody nobody is talking about it. I want to talk about it, but I don't know how to articulate what I'm seeing and feeling just yet. But... There's something bad going on right now. Nobody wants to work. If they do work, they want to do nothing and they want to get tipped. I think we all have tipping fatigue. But but the world, it's not happy. Nobody's happy. Not saying we're depressed. We're in a funk. We're in a rut. We don't know how to get out of it. 
and we're done tipping. Here's an article. California, the state I'm in, ranks last for best tippers. <laughs> Only tipping 17.9%. 17.9 sounds pretty high to me. We're being out-tipped by people in Delaware that on average are tipping 21.8%. 21.8%. They don't even thank you here if you give 20 1.8%. They don't even come back to the table and go, hey, thanks for the tip. Really appreciate it. Like if a meal, like the other day I went out, it was $80, exactly $80. I leave 100 I would think that's generous. They don't even, they think nothing of it because everybody is entitled and we have tipping fatigue. I'll tell you why tipping is down. Look at, here's that, the restaurant I went to out here where they added, uh, what is it called? An 18% service charge to each check. So this is this isn't the tip. There's a suggested tip above it. I'm blocking the restaurant's name. I talked about this already on my podcast. Service charge to each guest check. The service charge is not a gratuity and enables the restaurant to provide equitable wages to all of our employees, including hourly and salaried front and back of the house team members. Now I'm paying the employees. That's why it's out of control. It's out of control. Every I'm afraid to use a charge card because all of a sudden a screen swings around and now it starts at 15%, goes 20 and usually 22. Usually 20 and 22. Those on the West and East Coast largely fell into the worst tipping category. I've tipped computers. I've t- I talked about it at Panera. I've done it since. I've tipped computers. And I'm tipping before I get anything. So I'll tip on a takeout. Then you get home and the order's wrong. It's just somehow this has become part of our culture. I understand it started during COVID because we appreciated these people that were working and risking their lives. But now, either you, in these restaurants, if you own one or whatever, I mean, I'm sure you have to tip at the muffler place now. You go to Midas Muffler. You got to you go to a tire place. Just tires. They rotate your tire. Everybody wants a tip. Everybody's got a a tip jar. The only one who should be getting a tip is me. I should be tipped. Listen, if you work hard, you deserve a tip. I don't mind tipping for great great service, but it's everywhere and it's expected, and nobody says thank you. And I pay in cash a lot, and there's. Nobody else is paying in cash. So there's a cash tip jar right there that's empty. And then I put my tip in there and it's like exposed for every, everybody knows exactly what I tipped. And then what? They take the $5 and they divvy it up between the eight, the eight people working there. Okay, we got, got to divvy up everybody. Okay, we got the charging tips taken care of. Now we're going to do the cash tips. We have a five. Everybody is getting uh, the five. Divided by eight, eight goes into 50, 60, 62 cents or so. I mean, it's unbelievable. But I was in Boston. I want to talk about my trip to Boston because it was great. Because so much of the world has changed. And when something hasn't changed, it's so welcoming. And I'll give an example. Besides the Q-tips, my parents maintain some of the best Q-tip quality in the world. But I grew up in a house with uh, an old house with hardwood floors. 
and it still creaks in the exact same spots it did when I was a kid. So you can't walk up the stairs. I could never sneak out as a kid because the stairs would tattle on you. You go, you know, they squeak or creak. Floors creak. What's the difference between squeak and and creak and squeaks? Squeaks, creaks, and screeches. So the the creaks in the floor, it just made me feel good. Wow, that hasn't changed. The wood hasn't shifted. It's the same creaks in the same places since I was a kid. And that made me feel so good to have that consistency, to have that normalcy. And we don't have any of that. Nothing's the same. We need a nap. The world needs a nap. And then when people wake up, they'll go back to returning text messages and returning phone calls and doing business with a normal cadence and feeling. It's impossible nowadays. It's impossible. But when I go back to Boston, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, people are nicer. And I'm not sure Boston is known for being a nice city, but I find everybody was nice. They were engaging. Everyone said hi. Gas prices were $3.50 a gallon. I felt like I was in another country. I go, what's going on? Everyone's nicer. Went out for a nice restaurant. Chicken parm was $20. You know what chicken parm is out here? $35. Guess what? You want a side of pasta? $5. Now up to $40. I go to this nice restaurant in Boston, actually in Concord, Massachusetts, $20 $20 for the chicken parm. Comes with enough pasta for the entire section of the restaurant I was in. Like, I'm sick of being ripped off. What? Since when? Since when doesn't chicken parm come with pasta? Only in LA would they pull that shit and then do a gratuity, a non-gratuity service charge. It's a service charge, but it's not really a gratuity. It's a service charge so we don't have to pay our employees as, uh, as much out of our money. Raise the price well, they are. I don't know. Somebody's making a lot of money. Somebody at these in these establishments. Because we're picking up more of the burden with the tipping. And I understand with inflation and everything. But with inflation, guess what? We're, we're going to start eating out less. And the food at a lot of these places isn't as good as it was pre-COVID. Or else my taste buds. Is this happening to you? Seriously, let me know. What's wrong at orneyadams.com is the email. If you have any thoughts, any suggestions, send them to me. Any discussions, send it to me. Now, don't write 15 paragraphs. Write a paragraph. I will uh, figure it out, and I will uh, discuss it. I will discuss it. But I live in Los Angeles, and when you live in Los Angeles, and you're me, you try to go to places that don't remind you of Los Angeles. So I want to go to a place where there aren't uh, people thinking that they're uh, big-time actors, people posing, uh, people pretending they're something they're not, people uh, all dressed up like it's a like it's Halloween in June. Everything is a facade out here and a fake, and everybody is you know is uh, I want to say jerking. I, I don't even know how to say this clean. Everybody is. Full of it out here. And so full of themselves. 
It's exhausting. Listen to that backup signal from that truck. Los Angeles is one of the few places in the world where you try and find a place that is not like what I live in Los Angeles, but I don't want to go to a place that feels like Los Angeles. This would be like going to Spain. You're in Madrid and you go, hey, I'm looking for a place that doesn't feel so much like Madrid. Like you go to Madrid because you want to feel Madrid. That's why when I see these tourists on these tour buses, I feel so bad for these people. Like you're taking a tour bus of this pathetic city, what's left of it. And I want to love it. I want to love it. I loved it for so long, but something has changed. Do you live in a city that you feel like it's changed like so much? Like I defended Los Angeles for years. And I discussed this on uh, KFI 6.40 a.m. I've been filling in over there. In fact, I'm doing a show July 2nd. I think Sunday, July 2nd. And uh, the, let me look on my phone. What, what are the dates here? I think it is July 2nd and July 23rd. I am hosting from 4 to 7 p.m. KFI, 6.40 a.m. It's syndicated all over the world on iHeartRadio. And um, I'll be doing that. But I discussed this over there. That there's something called van lords. So if you live in Los Angeles and maybe in other cities too, and you see a lot of, like I'm in an RV right now, you see a lot of old RVs parked up and down the same street that look abandoned, but there are people living in them. Uh, those are That's actually a business. There's actually people buying at auction RVs that don't even run. They don't even have engines, some of them. And they tow them to locations. They leave them there. Here in Los Angeles, they are not allowed to remove these RVs. They just let them park illegally. And and these van lords rent them out for $300 a month. I saw an entire uh, piece on it on ABC 7 Investigates. The economy behind this business model is robust. This is from the article. An entire network of van lords exists with applicants eager to call the four wheels home. In the shadows of Mount Hollywood, so that's right near, uh, that's in Burbank, near the, uh, the cemeteries in Warner Brothers, near the studio lots, is a fast-growing neighborhood of these, uh, these vans. Forest Lawn, that's the area. Van lords, as the L.A. council member Tracy Park calls them, typically buy RVs at auction and either drive or get them towed to their location of choice. It's remarkable. I would have never thought that that was a business. City Ordinance Section 41.18. This makes me sound smart that I can say that. Which restricts camping in certain public right-of-ways does not apply to RVs, of course. Park says there's a moratorium on towing these types of RVs because of a pending lawsuit. Welcome to America. Welcome to lawsuits. So we have all these RVs. The irony is, I could be parked in a meter 50 feet away and get a ticket. And I'm, gonna, I'm a guy in a car that's registered, that, that I'm paying for, that's legal, supposed to be on the road, and yet... So, to me, it's weird that they're enforcing laws on people like me. Like, when I was at BevMo... Uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, BevMo is a place that sells liquor here in Los Angeles. And I saw somebody walk out with a cart full of liquor and they don't even chase them. And then I sit there paying. Like, I just feel like I'm paying for being honest. I feel like 
it's we live in a world right now where people that are honest and play by the rules and fair pay a higher price. And it's hard to sort of, I don't know, rationalize all that. Like, why? maybe I should just walk out with the liquor. Why aren't we all just stealing? And I can tell you why, because the world would fall apart. So hang in there, people like me. Hang in. Keep paying until this writes itself. Until it fixes itself. I said right, and I thought of that submarine that uh, imploded. What are you thinking about that? Those people. Those people. You know what I was thinking? They paid $250,000 to get close and look at the remains, if that's the right word, of the Titanic through a, a little glass window. And I'm telling you this. If my phone rang right now and somebody said, all you have to do is drive an hour and you can see the remains of the Titanic, I wouldn't go. I have that little interest in seeing the remains of the Titanic. That little. But it's a sad story. It's a, it's a sad, sad story. And, uh, you know, his families, I mean, lives were lost. Lives were lost. Trader Joe's. They do something, too. I don't want to talk about it. I talked about this on uh, KFI, how they discontinue food. Tired of them discontinuing products that I like. It's like Q-tips discontinuing the great Q-tips. I'm uh, going to talk about a couple of other things, and then we're going to discuss why young people are not having as much sex as they used to have. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Now, what's wrong with Orny Adams? I, I still haven't figured out how to take a selfie. Like, I took a selfie after my show at the Laugh Factory last night with a couple of couple of people in the audience came up. They said, uh, we enjoyed you. We'd like to take a selfie. And I look, like, straight forward into the center of the screen. So I'm sort of looking at myself. And I go, let me see what it looks like. It looks like I'm cross-eyed. Like, I'm supposed to look at some green light that's way off to the left. And it just, it doesn't feel natural. I don't know what's going on with, with, it feels like I used to be able to take a selfie. They changed something in the software where now you have to look all the way to the left and it still doesn't look right. You're holding the camera here. I should be looking like this. And now I got to go. Did people just take the selfie really fast? Listen, if you're going to ask me for a selfie, slow down. Let me position myself. I'm famous. It's a big deal for you to get a picture with me. Please allow me a moment to set up, get my eyes, feel good. They always angle it so like they're perfect. They're looking exactly in that green light. And then my face is like distorted. It's like bigger than it should be. I'm in the middle, like all distorted. And I'm looking the wrong way. I'm cross-eyed. The girl working uh, at the Laugh Factory last night, uh, she was in between shows, was on her phone or in and she's looking at TikTok. I said, what are you looking at? She said, oh, my algorithm is really good tonight. They're feeding me really good videos. And I thought, I was being fed great videos the other day. They were all videos of me. I didn't realize so many people on TikTok were like repurposing uh, clips from this podcast, from my stand-up, from Teen Wolf. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, look at this. Coach's favorite scenes are like, here's a clip of my stand-up. And I love that. Thank you. You're helping me. You're doing work for me. So so I appreciate that. I really do. 
I want to be hopeful. I want to be hopeful for a better world. Here we go. Here we go. You're listening to What's Wrong with Orny Adams, episode 84. My name is Orny Adams. Young adults. Young adults are having sex less often and doing it with fewer partners. And this is especially true for young men. I'll tell you why. They're exhausted from trying to cancel people. They're exhausted from trying to make this world as fair as possible. And I get it. I love the idealism. I studied it in in college, the utopian societies. It's how cults get started. It never works. We are a creature, meaning humans are a creature that aren't very honest, that are creating uh, one type of hanger and selling them for different prices, one type of hose selling them for two different prices. We are a, a, a creature that creates U-t- uh, Q-tips that are inferior and barely good for anybody's ears. Humans lie, they cheat, they steal, they only care about themselves. And you're not going to fix this. No generation will fix this. As much as I wish people acted in the way you want them to. I wish people acted more like me. They're not going to. It sucks. It sucks. The world should be fairer. But it isn't. And we all feel a sense of injustice. It doesn't matter what you were born with or not born with. We all have injustices. But the young people, I mean, keep going. Keep going, but you're burning out. Telling you, maybe you all need to get laid. Maybe the young people just need to get laid. And I know every generation tries to change, although I don't remember ever trying to uh, change my parents' generation or was very critical of older people, but this seems to be the pattern. In fact, I like the the music my parents listened to. I I had great respect for the people in front of me that I felt like I could get great knowledge from. U.S. General Social Services Survey reveal that the number of men reporting no sex in the past year rose from about one in five, 18.9% in 2000 to nearly one in three, 30.9, almost 31% in 2018. This is from Psychology Today. Rates of sexual activity have been in a decline for years, but the drop in the most pronounced But the drop is most pronounced for adults under the age of 25, Gen Z. For Gen Z, a rise in sexlessness. Sexlessness. I didn't even know that was a word. I grew up in a time everybody was fooling around. We didn't even have a word called sexlessness. I can't even say that word. Sexlessness. We had to come up with a word for the Gen Gen Z people that aren't having sex. A rise in sexlessness has coincided with a decline in mental health. Sexual activity can boost mood. Okay, here's my uh, here's my ad for Gen Z people. Go out, have sex, have a good time. Because sexual activity can boost mood and relieve stress. It may serve as a protective factor against anxiety and depressive disorders. This isn't me speaking. That's psychology today. But I agree. When I was a kid, people say, you used to go, you need to get laid. 
You need to get laid. We need to say that to this entire Gen Z generation. You need to get laid. You got to get out there and get laid. Gen Z's mental health struggles have been tied to a large number of things, including increased technology and smartphone use, helicopter parenting, student debt and other financial concerns, as well as anxiety about the future and the, uh, of the health of the planet. These are all legitimate concerns. There's definitely a, a rise in anxiety and a, res, a rise in depression. And I say it all goes back to the cell phones, which are not healthy. I've discussed this with people. They're like the cigarettes of our generation. You've got to get off your stupid phones. Get off your stupid phone. You're staring at your stupid phone, looking at live events when there are live events right in front of you. You're looking at your stupid phone, trying to meet a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a, a partner, and it's the part the person's right in front of you. The girlfriend, the boyfriend, they're right there, but you're not seeing it because you're looking at your phone. You're not seeing the car that's gonna come and hit you because you're looking at your phone. The world is not in the phone. Get off the stupid phone. I used to go to school if I got picked on, I got picked on during school. When I got home, I felt safe. I was away from it, but now, no way. Now you can get picked on 24 hours a day and bullied on your phone. The phone isn't healthy. You shouldn't be looking at a screen. The screen is this. You're looking at a world this big. The world is so much bigger. Get off your phones. Everybody. Talking to my generation too. Talking to everybody. Smash those things. I never thought I'd be the one saying this. I love technology so much. I love cutting edge. In fact, last night I was so excited because I recorded my show at the Laugh Factory on my cell phone, but I also took a professional audio recorder and I snuck it and put it next to a speaker so it would get my voice perfectly and I could mix the two audios and have my voice perfectly with the audio from the audience and off of my camera. I'm a nerd. I love technology like that. I love when something new comes out. I love all the cameras and playing with the settings and the lightings and the aperture and exposure and the F-stop and all that sort of stuff. I love it. But we need a break from it. I'm also older. And when you're older, my mind is already developed. I've been through some of the horrible times, the insecurities of young adult, of, of, young, of, of being a teenager, excuse me, or an adolescent. I feel bad for Gen Z. I feel bad for young people growing up. All that stuff is fueling, fueling mental health. And there's a decline. It is little wonder. It's also something called dink. Do you know what dink is? Dink is double income, no kid. Couples are having the time of their lives. Instead of having a kid, they hashtag dink. They go out there on social media. They take pictures of themselves like, you know, on some beautiful, exotic island. Dink. I can do this because I don't have kids. Dink, dink, dink. Welcome to the world of dink. That's dual income, no kids. In recent months, the term has been plastered across social media as child-free couples extol the virtues of their lifestyles. It is little wonder that birth rates have plummeted in 2020 when the world was in the throes of the coronavirus pandemic. Sexlessness, there's that word again, never heard of that word till Gen Z came around. 
being just one of the possibilities. Stress is one of the biggest libido killer. Take it. Take it from me. Stress is a libido killer. You shouldn't have stress. You shouldn't worry. I guess you should worry about saving the planet if you're under 10, actually, because the planet's in trouble. But it's a shame. It's a shame that you you, you do. Am I yelling too much? Should I just... What am I doing on this podcast? Can somebody give me some professional advice, please? Am I wasting my time? Stress is one of the biggest libido killers out there. In general, the more stress we feel, the less likely it is that sexual desire will set in and that we'll be able to become and stay aroused. We, men are flaccid because of stress. Women are, are not, not sexual. The Partnered sex can boost our our psychological and well-being in several ways. For one thing, it provides a temporary mood boost. Oh, you think? In longitudinal research, whatever that is, where young adults were asked to keep a daily diary for three weeks, researchers found that on the days people reported having sex, their well-being was higher that day. Specifically, people reported more positive mood states, fewer negative uh, mood states and more meaning in life. Of course, the benefits lasting longer with intimacy was present. We have to, I feel like there was a study uh, once where they they didn't touch babies. They didn't give them any sort of physical affection and the babies actually actually died. Everybody, please, as I wrap up this episode, please get out of your shells and get out there. Turn off your phones and talk to people. I know this is a comedy podcast. Was it funny? I don't know. You tell me. Email me at what's wrong at ornyadams.com. But you got to get out. I've said it before. We need a world night, worldwide nap. I need to learn how to speak. We need a worldwide nap and we must, everybody, get out of your homes. Get out of your shells. We had a we had a lockdown. Now I'm, I'm calling for a lockout. Everybody off their properties, out of your homes, interact with people. Enough of this bed rotting. Gen Z's got something called bed rotting. Do you know what this is? You lay around in bed with no guilt for as much time as you want. The goal is to lay in bed as long as possible and fully give in to any mental or physical fatigue you might be experiencing. It follows the everything shower, a trend on social media, meaning a shower routine that can last hours with countless products and playing music. First of all, have you looked what's going on with the water? The next war is going to be for water. Stop with the the everything shower and stop with the bed rotting. You go to bed to sleep and you go to bed to get laid. Besides that, get out of bed. Get out of bed. No more bed rotting, Gen Z. Listen to me. And I'm not a a get-off-your-lawn guy, everybody. Hate to tell you. I know what I'm talking about. What's wrong with Orny Adams? We got Orny Adams, episode 84. What a delight. What a delight. Oh, look at my shirt. Look at this. I bought this when I was at home. I went to Salisbury Beach. Can you see it? It's completely off center. I feel like such a sucker. I bought this shirt at the, a beachside t-shirt place. And then I got home. I'm like, the graphic's not even centered. What's wrong with Orny Adams? So much. But what's wrong with the world? Even more. Thank you to Ernesto Hurtado for mastering the audio. Thank you to everybody listening. Go to teamwhatswrong.com for all the links. 
Please share this video with people. And if you're listening in bed and you're rotting right now, get out of bed. Get out of bed. Don't take an endless shower. Take a very short shower and then take one of those really crappy Q-tips and have it break off in your ear. Thank you, everybody.